Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Monday, February 12th, 2024. The Super Bowl has concluded. Super Bowl 58. Your champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, two years in a row. The first time in, what, 25 years? 19 years? 19 years. The first back-to-back champion in 19 years. Um, This officially means that the 2023-2024 NFL season has come to a close. 2024-2025 league year begins in just over a month, and our next NFL game isn't until September 5th, which is 206 days from now. Uh, We got plenty of things to talk about. In the meantime, um, baseball starts in just 10 days with the first game of spring training. Uh, There are many high-end free agents without a home for the 2024 season. Uh, As we often say, college football never sleeps, and this week was full of news And uh, for casual golf fans like myself, the PGA Tour season began this weekend with the Waste Management Open uh, in Phoenix, and uh, it was quite a mess. Colin, how are you feeling today? I feel great. You know, great day. All right. Well, we pre-recorded everything after our Super Bowl recap. That was just me uh, with Ethan behind the camera. Now we've got Colin, we've got Nathan behind the camera, and um, we're ready to get into Super Bowl 58. Let's do it. All right. Well, it all starts with this. The Chiefs get the win in overtime. The final seconds of, I guess, the first quarter of over. I don't understand this rule. The first quarter of overtime? Is that that right? It's it's like they do periods, like one period. Yeah. I I really don't get it. So 15-minute periods instead of. Yeah, I don't, I don't so if the team that got the ball first doesn't score a touchdown or if the score is tied after each team has possessed the ball, the next score would win. Mm. It, it's not helping at all. Can you pull the box score, please? Chiefs win it 25-22. Um, just an absolute barn burner. Honestly, I'm I'm not going to call this a Kyle Shanahan blown game. No, not at all. It's not at all amongst the ranks of his worst. Obviously, yeah, they were up 10-3. Um, but they were down 13-10 in the third quarter and then took the lead and barely, barely gave it up. The Chiefs end up tying it up. It was really unlucky that Jake Moody blocked extra point. Yeah. That was the game changer. <laughs> it was insane. And like you had Jake Moody, the first points in the game being the longest field goal in NFL, or in Super Bowl history with 55 yards, and then Butker comes out later in the game and kicks the longest of all time in a Super Bowl with 57 yards. It was just a insane game. A very exciting second half for sure. Very slow first half, only being 10 to three. Um, what were kind of your thoughts uh, throughout this game? Yeah. So the biggest is San Francisco's O line just could not stop Kansas City's, like Chris Jones especially was always in Brock Purdy's face. Like, gave him no time to throw. Yeah, it honestly prevented two touchdowns. Yeah. It, that that was the uh, the biggest loss on my like perspective for the San Francisco 49ers. That just O-line just couldn't compete. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, and the injuries. Yeah, injuries all over the place for the 49ers. You had Kittle leaving for a couple plays. You had Dre Greenlaw with the most unfortunate injury of his life. Like, of anybody. Yeah, he just, just stepped on the field, steps back because the play wasn't actually over, and it what it appears, he tears his Achilles. That's horrible. And then they made him sit in the front of the cart. 
bro, called shotgun. Like, what the fuck was happening? They just had a staff guy sitting on the back of the cart. Like, that's literally where the injured player goes. <laughs> it makes no sense to me. Chris, Chris Conley almost had as many tackles as Dre Greenlaw this game. Yeah, just all on special teams. <laughs> dude, dude was a dog on special teams. He was. And speaking of guys that were dogs, Chase Young played very, very well in this game. Nick Bosa, on the other hand, or as Tony Romo calls him, Joey Bosa, um, couldn't couldn't get a sack. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, he hit the quarterback three times, get two tackles for loss, could not get a sack. Applying all the pressure, but just couldn't finish it. Yeah, no, it it was insane. And like the amount of blown coverage Fred Warner had in this game yeah. was ridiculous. Despite the fact he led the team in tackles, Travis Kelsey exposed him. A couple of times, but then again, he also locked him up on that touchdown or on that attempted touchdown pass. So uh, this game was insane. The Chiefs won it. <laughs> sure, I yeah, they they won the game. I you know I don't really have much else to say about that. Um, you pull up the stats real quick for the quarterbacks and running backs. Um, so Brock Purdy had quite a stinker, honestly. <laughs> Twenty three for thirty eight, two fifty five, and a touchdown. But honestly, that's just his average game. Um, Juwan Jennings. Threw a touchdown, which Goated. was awesome. Goated. Um, gave everybody the opportunity to talk about how he ran the exact same play uh, at Tennessee, and they scored a touchdown against Florida with it. Um, he came out of high school as a quarterback and was ranked ahead of Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> so that was awesome by Juwan Jennings. Um, what was what was it that we said the line was for Juwan Jennings to throw a touchdown? Plus. Oh wow. my God! Plus two hundred and fifty thousand. Someone's rich. Yeah, surely somebody was dumb enough to bet on it. So, uh, Christian McCaffrey, twenty-two carries, eighty yards. I was expecting thirty carries out of McCaffrey in this game, and yeah. a lot of those yards came in overtime. Yeah, that's that's true, but it was weird because, like, you would think with how that O line was performing, they would just be, you know, like outside runs, everything yeah. like that, but they just couldn't get anything going. Yeah, it was super weird. Um, but then again, Christian McCaffrey also had 80 receiving yards on eight receptions, and he had a receiving touchdown on that pass from Juwan Jennings. Um, nobody else having like a ridiculously good game. Juwan Jennings also caught a touchdown that was super big uh, there at the end. But um, Ayuk had three receptions for 49 yards on six targets. Debo was a fucking disappointment. I think he dropped three passes. A couple passes were bad, but he had 11 targets, three receptions for 33 yards. Um, Chris Conley had one reception for 18 yards. Ray Ray McLeod had a reception for 19. Kyle Juszczyk had a sick-ass play to open up the game, um, an 18-yard reception where he hurdled a guy at the end of it while being pulled down, <laughs> which was ridiculous. The end of the game, two receptions, 31. Um, then George Kittle doing absolutely nothing. Three targets, two receptions, four yards. He left the game with a shoulder injury. He was blocking a lot, and he was blocking well. Um, he had a big third down conversion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was a weird game for him. And then uh, on the Kansas City side, uh, passing-wise, Mahomes had a great game, as he kind of does outside of the interception. He was 34 for 46, 333, two touchdowns, and one interception. He got sacked three times, uh, which kind of surprised me. Um, and then he also led the team in rushing yards, which is ridiculous. Nine carries for 66 yards. Meanwhile, Isaiah Pacheco had 18 carries for 59 yards. That was very surprising. Yeah. 
I just I didn't expect Mahomes to be running like that. Like nine carries for Mahomes is a lot. Well, we saw he had that one scramble. I think it was like 15, 16 yards there at the end. Um, he just yeah. found a way to extend plays. That's what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, that's what he's best at. Uh, and then you had in the receiving game, Travis Kelsey leading the way, nine receptions, 93 yards, just about all of that in the uh, second half and overtime. He had one reception for one yard in the first half, um, which was better than George Kittle, who had zero receptions uh, in the first half. Uh, Miko Hardman had one catch for 52 yards and then had two catches to combine for five yards uh, afterwards, uh, one of those being a touchdown to win the uh, game. To win the game. <laughs> and then uh, just, Justin Watson had three receptions, 54 yards, including a 25-yarder. Uh, Rashi Rice, a weird game for him. A lot of passes underneath, and he just immediately got hit and could not get any yards after contact. He had six receptions, 39 yards. Pacheco, six receptions, 33 yards. And then um, nobody really cares about the rest. Marquez Valdez scantling into the game, three receptions, 20 yards. His line was 20 and a half. Um, and he had a touchdown. Um, Brutal. Yeah. Uh, Pacheco couldn't hold on to the ball. Mahomes couldn't hold on to the ball. McCaffrey couldn't hold on to the ball. Uh, Daryl Luter. Junior, who uh, fumbled the uh, the punt, couldn't hold on to the ball. Rashi Rice, Richie James, both dropped the ball in this game. Like this game was so sloppy. The special teams was honestly the best part, though. Yeah, well, that for Luter wasn't that the one that hit off his own teammate's ankle? Yeah, and that was just unfortunate. That was a really big part of this game. Definitely, like, that changed momentum. Instantly. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So think about it. Those two big plays: the Moody missed extra point. Yeah. And then that punt turnover, that is, that doesn't happen. The 49ers are probably Super Bowl champions. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, it's it's definitely insane how this game went. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. But um, how about we talk about commercials? Yeah. Big part of the Super Bowl. I thought they were pretty weak this year. Yeah, well, so unfortunately I couldn't see the first half because I was driving home from work. Yeah. So any, any uh, what was your favorite one for the first half? Uh well, kind of the notes I've got. Fuck Timu, Temu, however <laughs> you like, like to say. I think they had four. Uh, four Super Bowl spots is ridiculous. Um, good ones. Uh, Mountain Dew Baja Blast with Aubrey Plaza was a pretty good one. Um, the the messy Michelob Ultra one, which came out like a couple yeah, of weeks ago, that one's good. Uh, the E Trade Pickleball Babies. Was good. Was that oh, the, first the dunk. Half? Um, the pickleball babies. I think was yeah. The uh, Duncan Dunk Kings one with Ben Affleck, Tom Brady, J Lo, Matt Damon. Um, that one was kind of silly. Uh, I'd say I wouldn't say it's funny. I'd say it's silly. Um, not too much else was like all that memorable. Uh, outside of uh, Dare or uh, Deadpool and Wolverine. That that like it was like a teaser for the trailer that they released online. Yeah. So that's kind of becoming the new trend with the movie trailers is just buy the 30-second spot and then put the two-minute trailer online. Mm. The trailer's sick. Preview was okay. Um, yeah, trailer looked awesome. Yeah, there so, weren't really in the second that. half that really you know caught my attention. No. Honestly, the Kung Fu Panda one was probably my favorite one. Yeah, it was pretty solid. That one's been out for a couple of weeks, though. Yeah, but uh, still. Oh, actually, no. The ones that got the S, I loved the nerds one. The Nerds one was a Nerds Gummy Clusters commercial. If you guys didn't see it, you have to go watch it. No, this was amazing. It it was a big human, I guess human, gummy cluster uh, dancing on a stage. But it was just the gummy. It it didn't have the Nerds on it yet. 
and then you see the nerds walking up to the stage, and then all of a sudden, the gummy cluster sits down on a chair and leans back, and all of the nerds are that are uh, alive, these living nerds, fall from the ceiling and coat the gummy. That had to have been in the first half. Yeah, Just yeah, it was. Not. It was Were all the good ones in the first half. Maybe that one was considered pretty bad, <laughs> um, for yeah, the that, most that part. Oh, the Kawasaki Mullets one was pretty good. Um, you had like these two guys hop into a Kawasaki like side by side. They start driving and they get mullets, and then like everything they pass by has mullets. And then like Stone Cold Steve Austin's in it. He gets a mullet as they pass by. A bald eagle, a bear gets a mullet. It was pretty sick. Uh, pretty just like funny thing. Um, TurboTax sucked. Was there not a Budweiser commercial? I didn't see a Budweiser. There was the Bud Light commercial, which wasn't that bad. Um, oh, oh, Budweiser did have one. Old school delivery. I didn't see that one. Yeah, I didn't see that one. It might have been maybe during halftime. I was cooking during halftime. Oh, yeah. Very weird. Can you pull that up a little bit, Jenny? Yeah, let's watch this Budweiser commercial. The They're always a tearjerker. The, the Clydesdales, man. Yeah, and like a puppy, typically. Oh, there it is. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Do we have we gotten MVP yet? We're still kind of waiting on that one to come back. Damn. Yeah, there's kids watching this. Crazy, crazy. Um, what is all this? Man? I want to see the commercial. Oh, Here we go. Here we go. But why? Oh, this. No, this isn't the one this year, right? I thought this was last year's. Yes, it is the shoes. I have no idea what's happening right now. <laughs> it did say old school delivery. I would assume that's it right there. Okay, yeah, it is that one. So this one got released early. This was a tearjerker. I already like the vibe. It's good. Like, no, you can't. it doesn't can't beat the Clydesdales. Bro. You can't, but also, like, it doesn't seem, like, as emotional as the other Budweiser's of the past. Oh, like, the one, uh, Dude, the one with the puppy? That, or, uh, when the guy, like, like, gives him to, like... The, There's hard, a puppy. There we go. Hard to say, but it's, like, <laughs> the yeah. Clydesdales running down, like, the street of New York, and that guy... Yeah, that one's not bad. Hell yeah, dude. There's oh. the dog. That's what we needed. I like this now. I don't like the aspect ratio, <laughs> but, you know, that's a cool oh, glass for point. sure. Good yeah. Point. Solid oh. pour. Oh, the puppy's licking the horse. All right. Yeah, that was pretty good. I'll give it to him. Um, anything else? Uh, the commercials? No. Okay. Well, then let's talk about a couple of prop bets that happen. Uh, that's always a big deal with the Super Bowl. Um, let's start. Coin toss. Heads. Heads hit plus 100. So sometimes um, tails does fail. Yes, yeah, sometimes tails has failed. Didn't didn't fail in overtime. Um, Gatorade, no Gatorade hitting wow. at plus twelve hundred wow. is insane. That's wild. I was I was on the the boat of yellow or green. Um, I had a feeling it would have been red. Why? Kansas City red. Last year it was purple. Cool. Kansas City red makes sense. They won it last year. It was purple. That's cool. Can't do the same color twice. Yeah, so they didn't do one. Yeah, guess not. Doesn't matter as much this year, obviously. Middle school got me. They obviously have no respect for the Super Bowl. <laughs> Winning it two years in a row? 
Let somebody else have it. Assholes. Um, the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> we'll be there next year. <laughs> no, we won't. Um, let's see. What what other prop bets? I don't really care. There was no scoregami. Um, there was no... Oh, National Anthem was an over. Mm. Good job, Reba. Fantastic. Surprisingly, no picks from Brock Purdy. Yeah, he's not an interception guy. Patrick Mahomes is certified. <laughs> Check the Super Bowl box score. He's a, he's Mahomes, an interception guy. Patrick Mahomes washed. Ragged, They're starting to ask. <laughs> ragged arm. <laughs> Dude, I need to know who won Super Bowl MVP. It's killing me. It's. I feel like it. it, is it who Kelsey? the who played well on the Chiefs other than Travis Kelsey, who didn't score a touchdown? Mahomes is okay. For Mahomes. It can't be Nick Bolton. Nah. There it no is. Patrick way, fucking Mahomes. Bo. Three time in three Super Bowls, he's won MVP. He's like the opposite of Kevin Durant. I hate this dude. This guy's the more. Kawhi Leonard of basketball. <laughs> Wait, no, of football. <laughs> I don't know. Nah. Travis Kelsey. Uh he didn't score a touchdown though. Or Harrison Bucker. Harrison Bucker could have gotten it, honestly. Fifty seven yarders clutch. Yeah. So, um, how much money do you think the NFL made off Taylor Swift? Oh, dude, way too much. <laughs> way too much. Do we think this is going to be a record viewership? I'm sure we'll get the numbers yes. in the next couple of days. But Absol- Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All yeah, the Swifties tuning in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, anything else you want to touch on with the Super Bowl before we uh, send it to my past self? No, nah, I mean, everything it, was, else? it was a good Super Bowl. Very entertaining to watch. Uh, I do want to get your uh, take on the halftime show. I didn't watch it. Oh, yeah. I was cooking. cooking. Sorry, I was making you and Nathan food. <laughs> Would you like to tell anyone what you made? Yeah, I made some homemade carne asada. It was great. I cut it wrong. Um, <laughs> it made it very difficult to eat, but it was very good. Marinade was fantastic. A little bit of cilantro, a little bit of apple cider vinegar, mm. uh, a little bit of orange juice, lime juice, lemon juice, uh, some green chilies instead of jalapenos. I'm um, trying to think. Garlic. Um, olive oil. I think that was about it. Toss it on the blackstone. Uh, hit some some onions, some red onions. Grow hey, those really, up. You really had to flex the yield of blackstone right there. It's not a flex. It's just like a normal thing people own now. I got one sitting in my basement that hasn't even left the box yet. Flex. You don't even. You bought one. You don't even use it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, corn tortillas, of course, for the tacos. Yeah, they were gas. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, I'm glad. That's why I didn't watch Usher. Yeah. I, I heard he took his shirt off. Yeah. He, he came out roller skating at one point. Nathan just gave me the weirdest look from behind the camera <laughs> when I said he took his shirt off. Uh, I'll tell you what, Alicia Keys, fire, though. Yeah? yeah? Was she singing pretty well? No one, bro. Nice. No it's a classic. One. Yeah. Huge news, came on Travis. Did that just say Travis is pregnant? What the <laughs> fuck is that? What is that, dude? What the no hell? shot. What is going on? Yeah, see, Why are none of these videos? Oh, I did hear about the roller, the rollerblading or skating or whatever. Yeah, but he brought out like Lil John, Ludacris. <laughs> so funny. What the hell? What the hell? I just I want to see like the actual. I don't want to see a clip of Austin McBroom having a panic attack in an RV. What is happening? 
Show me something that actually happened in real life. Oh my god. Come on. No, we're good, bro. You don't need Please. Let me see what actually happened in this halftime show. Was little John there? Yeah. Okay, that's good. He performed yeah, I would assume. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Um He was in the crowd at one Anything point. else I need to know from the halftime show? Was it good? I'm it wasn't horrible. Like I could watch it. It's yeah. better than some of the previous years. Fair enough. Uh, where do you rank this one uh, in the last five years? I can't even remember what the last five were. So last year was Rihanna. Yeah. Year before that was like Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, mm. Missy Elliott, Kendrick Lamar. That was good. I don't know what the year before that was. No, what was it? I'll put it, it? Put, I'll put it at three. Pull up 2019 halftime. You're not going to beat Rihanna. And- Who the hell was the 2019 halftime show? I cannot think of it. That one was Rihanna. No. no Maroon, Maroon 5. Oh, Maroon 5 with uh, Travis Scott. Yeah, that one was pretty bad. Yeah, that was not good. Yeah, that was pretty bad. There's no reason Maroon 5 should be with Travis Scott. What about 2018? Real quick. So I'm going to put that one at 5. Okay, cool. Cool. Is that JT? Oh, that one wasn't great either. I'll put that one at 4. Yeah. I'm putting the uh, I'm putting Rihanna one. Yeah, I'm putting Usher no, at three. No features, and she was pregnant. Yeah, Usher at three, Rihanna one, and then uh, Dr. Dre and all them too. Okay, yeah, I think that's a pretty solid list. All right, yeah. you can't beat Rihanna. No, you can't beat Rihanna. She's the goat. Um, all right. Anything else before we uh, send it to myself? All right. Well, enjoy the rest of the episode. Uh, Colin, I'll see you guys next week. Later. I'll see you in one, two, three, now. Thank you to future me and future Colin for letting us continue. Let's go ahead and get started with MLB offseason news. Uh, we'll start off with the big one. Bobby Witt Jr. signs the biggest deal in Royals history, an 11-year, $288 million deal with a, a three-year team option that could bring the value up to $377 million. That's ridiculous. Like, he is fantastic, um, and he had a great year last year, super close to 40-40. Um, he's super young. I get locking him up, but if they take that three-year team option, he's going to be with the team till he's 37 years old. Uh, that's pretty ridiculous, but last year... 49 stolen bases, 30 home runs. Um, he batted 276. He was easily their best player. He was a fantastic player all season. I love what he offers. That's a lot of money. <laughs> like, a ton of money. Uh, but the Royals are kind of building something here. It, it seems like. Me and Colin have been kind of speaking over, like, you know, kind of just loving this team. Loving the moves they've done this offseason. We love what they've set like done. We both think they're you know gonna do very well in the AL Central this season. But yeah, I, I think it's a a good move to get him locked up. I just think it's a lot of a lot of money. <laughs> uh, but our next move 
Uh, Jose Altuve signs a five-year, $125 million extension with the Astros. This one came as a surprise. 35, or, or sorry, he's 33, going to be 34 uh, just you know into the season. Five more years for him is a long time for Jose Altuve, who we've seen a little bit of the, of the decline in his numbers. Um, you know, he's obviously had good years. He's, you know, been to the All-Star game in 2021 and 2022. And in 2023, he was fighting off an injury. But, um, look, he's a guy who is always going to be an MVP candidate, despite the fact he's only won one time. He's been top three, um, two times, top five, three times. He's a great player. He's he is a silver slugger kind of player, and it is hard to find a good bat at second base. So I don't blame them at all for wanting to lock up Altuve. I just think that the decline is evident and that his injuries have been an issue. 2020 uh, was obviously a weird year. He missed a little bit of time then. He's he's just missed a few, like a decent amount of games every year. But 2023 is the big one, only playing 90 games. Just the least games played in his career, excluding 2020. Uh, since his rookie year, which I don't even think was a full rookie year technically. I think he got brought up uh, late in the year and played 57 games. I think it's a good move. It's just questionable with his age, but I understand it because Jose Altuve deserves to be an Astro for his entire career. So uh, I don't blame that move at all. But let's go ahead and get into our next move, which is Clayton Kershaw re-signing on a one-year deal with the Dodgers. Now, look, I'm not particularly surprised by this move. I just was really hoping he'd go to the Rangers. Um, I'm not too sure what the salary is on this new contract, but um, I, it, look, it's Clayton Kershaw. He's a legend. One of the best pitch, pitchers, if not the best pitcher of this new generation, and you want to keep a guy like that. Um, oh, he signed a two-year deal. Was that this year? Two years? Pull that up real quick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two year deal, ten million. So that's not a, that's not bad. That's a that's a pretty team friendly deal. I think it was just a matter of Clayton Kershaw wanting to keep playing. Um, and I don't blame them at all. But um, you know, he's gonna be thirty six uh, when the season starts, and I I just don't know. In, like injuries, uh, once again, have been a big issue for Clayton Kershaw. Um. You know, multiple years with, you know, less than 20 starts uh, in his career. He's kind of sitting in like that 20, like the low 20s right now when a pitcher of his caliber should probably be getting high 20s, low 30s uh, in starts, as which he did his whole career. Um, yeah, the, the injuries are a problem for sure, but didn't stop him from being an all-star the last two seasons, so... Look, I love Clayton Kershaw. He's one of the best pitchers of my lifetime. He's one of my favorite pitchers to watch. Um, I'm glad he's playing another year, maybe two, uh, of Major League Baseball. So I'm certainly not mad that he re-signed. I just wish it wasn't with the Dodgers. Um, the next one's pretty interesting. Gary Sanchez signs a one-year deal with the Brewers. And look, the Brewers are just a catching academy, um, for all I'm aware. And yes, they do have who I said was one of, if not the best catcher <laughs> in the MLB last year, which is William Contreras. Gary Sanchez is just such a question mark every single year. Like, it does not matter. He, he spent time with two different teams last year. He played three games for the Mets. He played 72 games for the Padres, but a lot of them not starting. Um, 
and he's never had a batting average above 299, which was a ridiculous year in 2016, uh, and then 278 in 2017 when he was an all-star. After that, his highest batting average season, a 232. Um, look, Gary Sanchez is such an interesting case. I think he's, at one point, he was so good. Like, he was the guy. For so long, we thought Gary Sanchez is going to be the next big catcher for the Yankees. He wasn't. Um, he can certainly hit home runs. He hit 19 home runs last season in limited playing time. He's just not reliable. I think that's the biggest thing. 2023 was an interesting year for him, for sure. Um, you know, his time with the Mets was atrocious, and that's why he only played three games. And, um, you know, what he did in San Diego was great. He definitely turned it up a little bit. You know, at times he was playing great, a 116 OPS plus with um, with San Diego last season, and he had 117 total bases. It's not a bad season at all, but the defense was always the question, and now going to the Brewers makes me feel like they might do something with him that gets his defense better. I don't think he's going to be an elite defensive catcher or he's going to have some ridiculous frame rate, uh, but he's going to be better than he probably was, even though he is going to be 31 this season. Uh, but our next big thing, Corey Kluber calls it a career after, I believe, 13 seasons in the MLB. Uh, I think he's a two-time Cy Young winner. Um, just amazing. Still crazy to me that he threw a no-hitter with the Yankees. <laughs> That's just such a weird thing. That was the year when there was, like, that was the sticky season era. That's right. Where there was, what, like eight before they banned it all? I think you're right. Yeah, and then Tyler Glasnow's career ended. Yeah, that that's a that's a very good point. Um, but yeah, he's you know he's thirty seven, going on thirty eight by the time you know we get into the season. Not surprised he's retiring, considered considering he's only started like just like twenty games since twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty games. Didn't didn't play a single game in twenty twenty. I think he or no, he did. He played one game. Started one game in twenty twenty. Um, which I guess he only started six more in 2019. Oh, yeah, he absolutely fleeced the Rangers. Um, but, yeah, look, the guy's awesome. He, he won a Cy Young in 2014. He won a Cy Young 2017. Um, didn't get a World Series. Was very close. You could blame it on Trevor Bauer. Um, <laughs> some would do that. Uh, I just, yeah, look, Corey Kluber was fantastic for a few years. Uh he wasn't like a generational talent. He didn't change the game, uh, but he deserves his respect. Uh, do I think he's a Hall of Famer? No. Uh, do I think he was very good for a good span of his career? Certainly. You know, 2014 through 2018, he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. And um, yeah, it sucks to see him go, but also he has not been good and he can't stay on the field. So that one makes sense. Um, let's kind of get into some rumors. Uh, the D-backs looking for a righty hitter to complete their big offseason. The three main candidates, Adam Duvall, Randall Grichuk, and Tommy Pham. I think Tommy Pham is the one to just go ahead and take out of the list. I don't, I don't think he's the guy whatsoever. I think Tommy Pham's just going to be a journeyman at this point in his career. He, he can't stay with the team for over two years. Like, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Everybody's like, yeah, hey, get Tommy Pham, why not? Throw him in the outfield, and then he does nothing. He gets in fights over fantasy football. 
That's true. <laughs> That's maybe the most notable thing Tommy Pham has done is Other getting a fight. Was that him? Or no, that was Trent Grisham with the Brewers, right? Yeah, that was Trent. Yeah, I get him mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tommy Pham, you can go ahead and get him off the list. Adam Duvall is easily the best candidate, and Randall Grichuk gets the job done. Randall Grichuk was very good last year with the Rockies, gets traded to the Angels. They give up immediately. Um, he was a, an interesting case last season. Yeah, Grichuk, just such an average, average year. Uh, for him, he's never been a batting average guy. He's going to get, you know, home runs, a couple of extra base hits there, here and there. He has a decent glove. Um, <laughs> he's from Rosenberg, Texas. Interesting. You scroll down real quick, see a couple of things uh, for him. So, yeah, last year split his time between Colorado and L.A. And like I said, he just kind of flopped in L.A. But with Colorado, he was batting three oh eight by the trade deadline when he got dealt. Like, that's insane for him. And it was great. And then goes to the Angels. They just give up for the rest of the season. He bats two sixteen with them. Honestly, none of their trade acquisitions worked out. Like, uh, CJ Crone is decent. Have any of their trade acquisitions ever worked out? No, never. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think any of them have. Uh, they brought some guys up through the minors. What, Joe Adele? Mike Trout. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Mike Trout, Shohei. Shohei yeah. worked out perfectly. Shohei he's on the dot. He, he, he's playing in L.A. <laughs> did Shohei play in the minors? Yeah, he was the number one prospect for like a couple of months. Yeah, I was about to say, I remember him signing and then playing, really. Yeah, no, he came up like immediately in, yeah. uh, what, 2019? I mean, who's going to take his spot? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, man, there's no telling. Uh, let's look at Adam Duvall, though, real quick. Um, yeah, he's just been great. I love Adam Duvall. His story of just getting into the lineup for the Braves is crazy, and then being a huge part of our playoff runs. Adam Duvall was just an RBI machine, and I think that's what the the Reds need. They need, or not the Reds, sorry, the Diamondbacks. I was thinking of the Reds, where he kind of made his name in the MLB, but no, I think the Diamondbacks, they need a, so obviously they need a righty hitter. They're looking for a guy to drive in the runs. They've got guys that'll get on the bases like Corbin Carroll, Cattell Marte, Lourdes Gurriel. They just need a guy to drill them in. And they already picked up Jock Peterson, so they have the lefty power bat. Why not go for a righty, extra base hit, RBI kind of guy like Adam Duvall? Last year in Boston, of course he got hurt, but he played great uh, in Boston. He started off the season hot, flaming hot last year to start the season. He hit 21 homers. He was the RBI leader for like three weeks. Yeah, into the season, maybe yeah. into May. Like I think, yeah, I think going into May, it was maybe... like him and like Pete Alonso leading the <laughs> league in RBIs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, notable hated player on this podcast, yes. Pete Alonso. Um, yeah, his years in Atlanta were fantastic. I, I was so happy he <laughs> goes to Miami. We trade for him back, but like he, we got him from Cincinnati. Uh, during 2018, he played games in the minor leagues, came up, was, yeah, he went back down at a certain point, came back up, played okay. He certainly wasn't great in 2018, but 2019 is when he made a splash. Uh, he showed up, he played 41 games, and he hit 10 homers. That was big, 19 RBIs in that span. 2020, played almost the entire season. He played 57 of our 60 games in 2020 and was fantastic. 
he had a huge contribution to that team going into the playoffs. Didn't he have like the? Uh, was he near the home run cycle or had it in that game in 2020 where like the Braves scored like 27 runs on the Marlins? I thought that was 2021. No, it was 20. Really? I think so. I could have sworn that game was in 2021 when we just stomped the Marlins. We won like 26 to seven or something. Let me pull that up. 26 to three. Nonetheless, his time in Atlanta was fantastic. He was one of the best players on our team for quite a while. Maybe maybe not one of the best, maybe more the most underrated, uh, kind of the unsung hero of the um, of the Braves, especially in that World Series team. One of the best outfielders we had on the team played. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, it was 29-9. to And Adam Duvall, yeah, I think, well, no, I think he hit two three-run home runs. I think that's what happened. What is this? <laughs> this article sucks. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, it was 2020. Oh, no, it was his second three-run home run. Oh, it was his second three-home run game in a week, and he drove in nine RBIs. Okay, that makes more sense. Wow. <laughs> well, if you can get one of those every couple weeks out of the guy, He's going to be the MVP. <laughs> but, yeah, look, and he can he can play a decent center field. Not the fastest, but he can play some center field. Um, I think Adam Duvall would be fantastic on the Diamondbacks. Uh, but let's go to the next team, the Angels. Still in the race for some of those big-name free agents. Snell's the one they've been linked to the most. Are they going to get him? Probably not. If they do... He'll probably pan out just like their last big free agency acquisition, which was Anthony Rendon. Um, same goes for Jordan Montgomery and Cody Bellinger. I think Cody Bellinger, if he goes to the Angels, might be Chris Davis. <laughs> I think that's his trajectory on the Angels. Yeah, no. Pull up Chris Davis's, uh, what was his hitless streak? Yeah, it was a pretty ridiculous hitless streak for Chris Davis in his dying moments with the Orioles. <laughs> oh my 62 okay, 62 plate appearances still pretty bad. So he got a hit uh in the first inning of the Orioles 9-5 win over Boston. It was his first hit since September 14th of the prior season. He drove in two on that. That's pretty solid. I remember this being a big deal. Dude, I remember that. That was like right as I started getting into baseball. Whew. Yeah. And Chris Davis hit that single. Guy was a, a baller. Yeah, he was he was all right. Serviceable. Yeah. Home run hitter. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Okay. Very true. Well, yeah. So I think Cody Bellinger might be Chris Davis if he goes to the Angels. Um, he should just re-sign with the Cubs and be good. Um, Jordan Montgomery is the interesting one because it seems like he's asking for a lot of money uh, and people aren't entirely sold considering we've only seen one half of a very good season. From Jordan Montgomery. Like, we've seen flashes in his time with the Yankees, and he was decent with the Cardinals, but his time with the Rangers was awesome. He obviously was a big part of them winning the World Series. I don't think teams are totally sold on him to give him something huge. I think that was part of the reason that um, the Red Sox were very early into this offseason, uh, pretty far away from his offer. And, um, yeah, like, Jordan Montgomery's been in the league since 2017. Last year, he was pretty good with the Cardinals, gets straight into the Rangers, was fantastic for the Rangers. Um, yeah, his seven in his seven years, he's a sub-four ERA for his career, which is amazing. 
Um, I just, I don't know. He hasn't put together like a complete body of work uh, in my mind. Like last year was his best for sure. Um, but I feel like you need sustained success. So I think his best choice would be go back to the Rangers, try and run it back. Otherwise, I think it's Boston. Um, I think it's a, just a bad idea for him to go back to the Yankees, despite that being a big rumor. But, um, you know, we'll see with that. And, uh, yeah, like I said, Snell's definitely the guy to go to the Angels. Um, obviously, I don't know how he's going to pan out. He's, you know, a little bit up there in age. He's not going to get something super long-term, maybe five years uh, for Snell. But, well, he's coming off of a Cy Young, but he also could be very bad. <laughs> I think that's the problem with Blake Snell is, like, the first half of the season, he wasn't good. People were talking about how bad he was. And all of a sudden, he turns it up. He leads the league in ERA, and it was dumb. Darvish was the Padres' ace. Yeah. Like, for <laughs> most of the season. And then randomly, Blake Snell just appears and wins a Cy Young. Yeah, I think after the All-Star break, he had like a sub-2 ERA. It was ridiculous. But, like, look, if you can get 2018 or 2023 uh, Blake Snell, perfect. You'll win, you know, every five games if you're the Angels. <laughs> you won't win the ones in between. But you'll win every five games. Um, you might, you know, maybe he'll lift you to an appearance in the World Series. You might just pitch on short notice for him just to give him a couple more wins. Maybe he might. They won't have anybody else to pitch. <laughs> yeah, he might pull a Trevor Bauer and just yeah. say he'll pitch every four days. Yeah, Trevor Bauer on Theo Vaughn recently. <laughs> Worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I didn't actually watch it. We can talk about it that. It was so I, awkward because yeah. Trevor Bauer... Isn't that funny? No, he's a relatively serious guy. Yeah, and especially when he's talking about baseball, he's super analytical. Yeah. And, Theo and then Theo's like, like, hey, Riley, pull up a picture <laughs> of a cat getting eaten by a bear. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. how it went the whole time. I saw some clips. It was interesting. And then, like, Theo's like, you have autism. <laughs> he's like, yeah, probably. I would assume Trevor Bauer probably does i'm not no i'm yeah, not gonna I, no yeah I, i'm not gonna diagnose him on the internet but maybe everybody's on the spectrum, it's on the spectrum. yeah it's a spectrum. Uh, exactly uh <laughs> yeah that that was that interview is crazy probably the last podcast i'd go on if i was a serious baseball player trying to get a job in the mlb again um by wooing mlb franchises maybe not you know, this past weekend with the with Theo Vaughn. Um it's a great podcast. I love it. But Yeah, Trevor, if you want a job in the MLB, you come to second and short, dude. Duh. Haven't you seen all these MLB players coming on our podcast? We had Patrick Mahomes on. Idiot. No, not senior. He wouldn't have made it. <laughs> yeah, dream guest. Patrick Mahomes senior. After a couple brewskis. Uh, okay, next thing. The Giants are still in touch with Matt Chapman. I don't need to know much about Matt Chapman. I All I know is that I said he's going to be a bust this season, and I'm sticking to it because he still doesn't have a team. The Blue Jays replaced him. His picture, he looks greasy <laughs> in his baseball reference picture. He looks like he hates Toronto. Yeah. That's what the picture looks yeah, well, if you hate the six, you can leave. <laughs> Ask Drake. Yeah, I was going to say. Drake protects the six with his with every fiber of his being. Um, yeah, I'm not bringing up the Drake video. Don't ask. 
Um, <laughs> hey, Riley. <laughs> Pull the drink. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm moving on from Matt Chapman. Look, he might go to the Giants. I think that's where he should go. Um, or the Yankees. I'd rather him not go to the Yankees, but if he does, he'll definitely suck. Is there like an Oakland to San Fran pipeline? I feel like that's like a common thing. Yeah, what? I'm trying to think. Like, I, it just seems like it. Or vice versa. Like, Yeah, well, I think it's just like all the teams in California like to give their players to the other teams in California. <laughs> cause it's They're like, thrown around. Yeah, like Sean Manaya yeah. played for the Padres and the A's. Uh, you know, if Matt Chapman goes to the Giants, just like going you've got across Shohei. Bay. You've got... <laughs> So many. I can't yeah, even name. I'm not going to name all brilliant. of the ones I can think of, but there are so many yeah, that just jump just teams. Happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. If he goes to the Giants, cool. If he doesn't, I don't care. Um, there is some buzz around the Phillies possibly adding Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell. Fantastic. That would be an insane rotation. I said Blake Snell to the Phillies one of the times I was on here. and Maybe. There's a chance. Maybe. We'll see. Um, I think Jordan Montgomery is probably the better option. I know I said that he hasn't really put together a full body of work, but I like what he has, and I think he has, you know, more potential than Blake Snell at this point. Yeah, Blake Snell, former Cy Young, and I'm gonna have to keep saying that before I shit talk him every time. Former uh, reigning Cy Young, two time Cy Young winner, getting old. His command is interesting. Um, certainly not just like a strike thrower. I think that's the the issue that I see with Blake Snell is like at least against Jordan Montgomery is that Jordan Montgomery just throws strikes and, and um, you know with the Phillies you can rely on that infield it's pretty solid defensively outside of Alec Bohm uh, <laughs> oh and Bryce Harper's their first baseman never mind they have Trey Turner that's pretty good that's it but yeah. I'd, I don't know. I, I think Montgomery makes the most sense for the Phillies, at least. Um, and then it also seems like Jordan Montgomery should have a team by midweek. Uh, people are saying he wants to be you know, at the facility when the pitchers and catchers report, which on everybody's every, – yeah, everybody's reporting this coming week. So um, we could see a deal done by midweek. I know that report came out on the 8th that he, um, he wanted to find a team by this coming week. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, – the Dodgers and the Phillies are interested in a trade to acquire Kenley Jansen from Boston. That one's interesting. Kenley's certainly getting up there in age. He just hit, I think, 400 saves this past season, um, which is huge. That's awesome. He actually, I think he did it against the Braves, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he hit, I think he hit it uh, against the Braves, but nonetheless, um, well, Kenley's a fantastic closer, one of the best um, of his generation, of this you know generation of baseball players. And I think he's certainly getting up there. The ERA has been bad. 2022 with the Braves, 338. He was constantly pitching himself out of games in the ninth. Even though, even though he led the NL with 41 saves, he still was so scary. He would let on somebody almost every time, and then... Somehow strike out three, yeah. like straight somehow. Like Since 2019, he's consistently had a whip over one, yeah. and that's not what you want to see from a closing pitcher. No. I don't know. It's interesting. And he was an all-star in Boston. He was great last year um, for the start. 
uh, of the season. He wasn't great down the stretch. He only ended the season with 29 saves. Uh, yeah, I, I think he'd be interesting. Uh, you know, the Phillies could definitely use him. The Dodgers, maybe. I know they just brought back, like, Ryan Brazer. Uh, they have a few other guys in that bullpen that are really good, so I don't know how essential that really is, but, um, you know, it's always nice to have back a legend of your team. Uh, next thing, though, the Mets are in talks with J.D. Martinez. That one's interesting. Um, you know, I talked quite a bit about J.D. when me and Luke did our DH list, and I like him. I like, you know, he was a great player for a majority of his career. The decline's certainly coming. Um you know, it's impending because, like, his power numbers are weird. 2022, he played 139 games and he only hit 16 home runs. But he had 43 doubles in Boston. He's starting to get up there in age for, like, a power hitter like himself. Yeah, luckily... Go, looking Going into age, or his year 13, like, he's starting to get up there. He had an R.I. season last year, but I don't think he can keep providing for a team. Yeah, I agree. You know, he's 35 years old. Uh, last season he's gonna be 36 this season um of course he's had big years for sure and, and he's been fortunate enough that most of his career he's gotten to play dh um you know he was with houston when they switched over to the al so he got a season with them he played dh primarily when uh in detroit um played dh in boston uh which i consider his prime um and then you know he made the move to la last year he was good. I wouldn't say he was great, um, but he was still like a top five DH. He made my list and Luke's list last year. Um, it's just, I, I don't know. I think the age is going to catch up very quickly for him. Obviously, he never had speed, but speed is an issue. He's not going to be legging out doubles anymore. Um, and, you know, he's got the power. He's got the bat speed. He's got intangibles, of course, but I just don't know how much upside he has I think he's going to – he could maybe become like a Nelson Cruz, straight DH, nothing else, and maybe goes for a little bit longer, but I doubt he can do anything. He, I think he's just going to be a bat that gets thrown around any team every offseason. like, hey, you should pick him up. Why not? Yeah, I think he's just going to be a one-year deal kind of yeah. guy for like the next four years. Yeah, and I think it's impen- like it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, like the the Mets, they could use a power bat, I guess. They have Pete Alonso. He, I guess, he gives you enough power. He's good for like forty every year. Um, honestly, the Mets just need bats in general. Um, I think they should just ride with Danny Burgers, but whatever. I don't make the decisions. Then again, they're not winning a World Series till at least twenty twenty six, as Steve Cohen wishes. So. Um, next thing though, we'll knock out these last two pretty quickly. Gio Urshela is getting interest from the Yankees, Mets, and Marlins. I think the Marlins makes the most sense. Um, we've already seen him not be successful with the Yankees. Uh, I wouldn't think that would change at all with the Mets. Um, you know, the Marlins could always use a bat. I think Gio Urshela provides an RBI hitter for Arias when he gets on base because that that's what kept happening to Luis Arias. He'd get on base. Like almost forty percent of the time. Well, when you're only hitting singles and you're not in scoring position, <laughs> yeah. you can't do much with that. Yeah, he was. He was always on first 
Yeah. And then the next not three like guys stole, get out. It's not like he stole bases. He's not like super fast. <laughs> no. He could just slap one in the outfield real quick and yeah. jog to first. Yeah, he might have some of the most useless hits. <laughs> most useless player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Early most hot useless, take in the episode. Uh, one hole ever? Maybe. Maybe. Doesn't provide much other than a single a stat line. Like. Yeah. He provides a single, and he gets on base like 400%. And people still think he could be an MVP. Not me. I didn't say it. <laughs> All right. Well, the Giants are in talks with a former Marlin, that being Jorge Soler. I'd love the pickup. I think anywhere anybody needs Jorge Soler. Anybody and everybody. Dodgers, they already have a DH. Get Jorge Soler. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jorge Soler in your clubhouse just makes it fun. Yeah. Like, he's not a fun guy per se, but he's a fun when he's on guy. the team, the team becomes fun. Agreed. Like, the Marlins, not a fun team, but no. Jorge Soler would hit it to, yeah. into, like, that glass in the back of their field. True. He'd hit it through the windows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. I think that's going to wrap up the MLB. Let's get into some college football news. This was oddly a really big week for college football. A lot of stuff going on. Like the last couple of weeks has just been like people getting in trouble and whatever. Um, now it kind of seems to be shifting. Uh, we had quite a few moves. We'll start with a big one. This was you know huge news. Nick Saban is joining ESPN. Oh, who would have thought? It's not like he went on the Pat McAfee show all season. And then, you know. It's not like last year's. <laughs> Natty, he was on the panel <laughs> before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, in it, it, it just makes sense. It it simply makes sense for Nick Saban to be on College Game Day. Um, he'll also be doing some draft coverage, uh, and he'll be there for SEC Media Days. So that's kind of nice. I, I will like to see, uh, you know, his side of observing as a third party almost SEC Media Day. I would like to see how he breaks down some of these head coaches because, obviously, this is a big deal for SEC going into this year. Texas and Oklahoma are coming in. So, you know, for media day, it's going to be a lot of questions about those two. It's going to be a lot of questions about, uh, you know, no divisions. It's going to be so many questions regarding NIL and Transfer Portal, of course, and how that goes. And, you know, Tennessee is certainly going to be under fire uh, for their NIL violations. Florida also being investigated, a lot of talk is going to happen at SEC Media Day this year. Yeah, like we're going into a new era of SEC football. I, I just want to hear what Saban thinks of that. Like, it's yeah. a very big, big year for the SEC. Yeah, and it's kind of his fault. <laughs> yeah, he's just <laughs> making it worse Yeah, by uh, leaving. And he is going to glaze Kalen DeBoer. Oh, my God. It's going to be ridiculous. I can't wait for the draft. The draft coverage. Holy. He's going to be glazing. So bad. It's going to be like a Krispy Kreme there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nick Saban is going to make the draft a Krispy Kreme. Um, all right. Let's 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 move on, though. Uh, Chip Kelly leaving UCLA. He was their head coach. Now he's going to be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. This one's weird because I, you know, like last week, the week before, people were talking about how Chip Kelly was looking into offensive coordinator jobs in the NFL and then he went from being the head coach of a Big Ten team to being the OC of a Big Ten team. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I, I don't love it. Maybe he was 
Maybe he's scared of being a head coach in the Big Ten. Maybe he's scared of making that jump with UCLA. Like, he's been good. Not great. Last year, a good season for UCLA. I I liked what I saw from them. Um, You know, they made it to a bowl game. They played in the L.A. Bowl, I'm pretty sure. Um, The year before, they played in the Sun Bowl. Uh, Once again, like, a good team. They started off uh, 2022 6-0. Um, you know, they ended the season nine and three, not bad. And then they lost to Pitt. Uh, with they kept it close with USC, like, what is that, 48 to 45? Yeah, that's a, that's a big game. Yeah, for UCLA definitely could have. That would have only if they won that, they would have had two losses on the season. Yeah, and they would have been and that would have been they probably would have been I think playing that too late. The trajectory, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Like they would have been a contender last year, I think. Like, yeah, and they had great players yeah. on the team, you know, both years. Like, Zach Charbonnet was awesome in 2022. Last year, Leatu Latu was fantastic. And this past year, they had a just absolute blunder at quarterback. Just so many different quarterbacks throughout the year. Ethan Garbers starts at the beginning. And then we see Dante Moore. I think we saw somebody else as well um, throughout that process. Like, it was ridiculous. Um, but... Now, going to Ohio State, he has all these offensive weapons. He has some coming in. You know, they brought in Will Howard. They brought in Julian Sain. They brought in Quinshawn Judkins. They kept Travian Henderson. They kept Emeka Agbuka. They still have Julian Fleming, I believe. Um, like, this is going to be one hell of a team next year on the offensive side of the ball, and they've been great at defense the last couple of years, which was something that everybody knocked them for. So, look, Ryan Day said, no matter what, that he was going to relieve himself of the play-calling duties, and he did, initially to Bill O'Brien. Then Bill O'Brien took the BC job, and now it's Chip Kelly. It's going to be interesting, but I'm kind of more worried about UCLA. Um, you know, who's going to replace them at head coach because all the good candidates have been swept up. Um, so I have a couple of guys. So we'll kind of start less, least realistic to most realistic. Uh, Eric Bieniemy is a possibility. He's been head coach and waiting in the NFL. I just, I, I think there's a chance. Like I see, I, I see what you're saying, but I feel like he's just going to stay in the NFL at this point. Like, I think I, so too. I don't think he's leaving. No, I have a feeling no matter what if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, he's going to be their OC because Matt Nagy sucks. Yeah. I don't know. I, I agree. I think it's interesting because he's not going back to the commanders. He could make the jump, but the big thing, kind of the pullback from Eric Bieniemy, is that he didn't take the Colorado job when he could have, and now <laughs> Deion Sanders did. So um, my next guy is uh, Tommy Reese. I think there's, uh, you know, a good chance, um, but it's not great. Uh he does have kind of a connection, but he just joined the Browns as a tight ends coach and passing game coordinator. I don't think he has the best chance to, uh, what are you doing? Yeah. Ethan is so dumb behind the camera. Um, uh, so Tommy Reese's dad was an assistant at UCLA for 15 years and his brother, Danny played there. So I think that definitely helps him. Uh, the only thing is he has a job right now in the NFL. Uh, you know, even though he is an assistant, um, 
probably stick with it and might find himself as an offensive coordinator. I don't think he was all that good at Alabama or really Notre Dame for that matter. But uh, my next guy is uh, Barry Odom. I think he's a good choice as well. Um, instant success at UNLV. Um, he was great. Uh, Tony White is kind of my favorite, though, for this job. Uh, former UCL, UCLA player, uh, great leader when he played for UCLA. Uh, the drawback, though, for Tony White is that he doesn't have any head coaching experience yet. Uh, UCLA entering their first year in the Big Ten, expectations are high. I think it's going to be a job that nobody really wants, surprisingly. UCLA has a ton of you know, recruiting power. They have a big draw to their program. But moving into the Big Ten and not having a head coach is going to be a problem. You know, Washington is kind of in that same position. They went out and got one, but I, I just it, – it just doesn't look good, um, especially because you're pretty sure they play Ohio State <laughs> this season, uh, which is not good uh, for them. Let's – yeah, let's pull up their schedule real quick. Um, I – yeah, I just think it's going to be uh, an interesting year for UCLA because they also have an out-of-conference game against LSU. Oh, my God. I mean, they don't play Ohio State, but it's still not it's a good schedule. It's going to be a good one. Honestly, or you know what? Early early prediction for UCLA. They're going to start off with – They're going to start off 2-0. and And then, and then they're play gonna be LSU, two Oregon. Or, they're going to be 2-3, <laughs> okay? They, they could they maybe beat Minnesota. I think the Scarlet Knights are going to upset. Yeah, I can see Rutgers. That won't even be upset. Rutgers so going all the way. Three and three and four. Yeah. Uh, they could beat Nebraska. Yeah, Dylan Ray only ain't doing anything. Yeah. Um. Okay. Iowa. They'll lose to Iowa. Yeah. Kirk Ferentz knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um. Washington. Washington's a loss. Yeah. I think. Even though everybody's left. Yeah, but everybody's kind of leaving UCLA too. Um, who left more? <laughs> yeah. Who lost more? <laughs> Definitely Washington. They're losing USC. But I think they can recover better, uh, considering they just played in a college football playoff championship game. So, yeah, uh, yeah, they're losing to USC, and honestly, they're probably going to lose to Fresno State. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Depending so on how, UCLA, no matter how their season goes, <laughs> they're still going to lose to Fresno State. UCLA is going to win four or three games, is what it looks like. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't like to be the head coach there either. But if you're offering, I'm going to put my, my, my hat in the ring uh, for UCLA head coach. I don't really know what I'm doing. I kind of suck at Madden. Um, I can't read a defense. Can't read an offense. <laughs> he can barely read. Yeah, I couldn't. I can barely read. Trust me, I'm stumbling over my words on this prep sheet right now. But I would love to see you be a play caller, Grayson. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be like, sketch. <laughs> Tuesday. Tuesday. Mama needs a new purse. I'm the evil Mr. Beast. <laughs> <laughs> what, what does he say? Uh, turn my hands into diamonds? That's a big rock. No. What does he say? My thumbs turn them into a fossil. That's one expensive rock. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm going to be sketched on the sidelines. <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday. Mama needs a new purse. Yeah, I don't know. I'm losing it. Uh, next. Connor Stallions is going to get you, bro. He's going to watch this and you're done. Fuck. I'm putting him on the staff. Connor Stallions is my first hire as UCLA head coach. I need him. I need him. (laughs) Yeah. Only way I'm winning games is with Connor Stallions. 
literally telling me exactly what to do at all times. He's going to be uh, head coach. He's going to be that guy. <laughs> Connor Stallings is going to be the head coach of UCLA. No, he's not going to be on the... Yes, yeah, I need him to write a manifesto right now. So, Connor Stallings, if you're listening, get get right. We got work to do. Uh, all right, Ryan Grubb is not going to join Kalen DeBoer at Bama. Instead, is going to join the Seahawks as their OC under their new head coach, Mike McDonald. I think this is a good move for Grubb. I don't blame him at all uh, for making that move. Seattle kind of in this new phase without Pete Carroll as their head coach. Mike McDonald's a fantastic successor. I think Ryan Grubb is going to bring something very fun to this offense. He likes to throw the ball for sure, but he has a good balance with the run game. It suits well for Geno. Even if they go out and draft a quarterback to back him up to come in, either way, I like the offense. They already have good players. They have DK Metcalf. They have Tyler Lockett. Uh, they have Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jake Bobo, uh, Noah Fant. So many good players. And then, of course, Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet in the run game. I saw something, Grayson. Both in, uh, Smith and Jigbas are in Seattle now. Cannon Smith. That's right. Got traded from, uh, I believe, the Pirates to Seattle, to the Mariners. So now you have nice. both the Njigbas. Hell yeah. Together in Seattle. Yeah. Cannon and Jackson, Smith and Jigba. Yes. Taking over Seattle. All facets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're actually going to uh, plan a coup. <laughs> a secret one that plays hockey. He's going to play for the Kraken. <laughs> Who's going to play for the Supersonics? Kevin Durant and Jigba. <laughs> they already got him. <laughs> Kevin Durant, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, <laughs> and Cannon Smith and Jigba. Uh, all right. Yeah. No, not much more to talk about there. Uh, I already kind of mentioned this, but Boston College is hiring Bill O'Brien as their head coach just like a week after he got hired as Ohio State's offensive coordinator. Um, Michigan hired Wink Martindale as their D.C., or at least as an assistant. I don't think he's actually the D.C. Very weird um, for Wink Martindale to leave the Giants to be an assistant at Michigan. Don't know how that happened, but uh, I do like this move. Washington hired Steve Belichick as defensive coordinator. You know I'm going to be hounding Washington games to see him stick his tongue out. <laughs> that guy's going to be licking so much air. Him and the dog, the Husky are both going to have their tongues hanging out. I, I need that now. I I need Steve Belichick impersonating the Husky. Okay. <laughs> I think I think that's what we need. Uh, and then on a much sadder note, um, for college football news, uh, Furman defensive tackle Bryce Stanfield died at the age of 21 after suffering a medical emergency during a workout Wednesday morning. Um, this was announced by Furman, and um. Yeah, apparently he collapsed on the field at Paladin Stadium and was taken to a hospital where he was placed on life support and then later passed away. This one's super sad. Um, kid from our area, Ackworth, Georgia. He played at Harrison High School. He's my – he literally graduated the same year as me. Um, yeah, this is super sad uh, to see, obviously just because he's 21 years old, um, a young player – who was very good uh, as well at the game. And, yeah, it's sad to see this happen. Um, you know, we've unfortunately seen a relatively large amount, you know, whether it's not that many or not, it's a life. And um, 
Like he just finished his junior year, but um, yeah, we we've seen a few of these happen where you know players have passed away, unfortunately, because of practice. And um, I think what it comes down to is you know as coaches taking that accountability and understanding that you know players need breaks and you know players need to be checked out often. They need to be visiting with the team doctors often to ensure their safety. Like, as a player, like, we'd make sure, like, you're staying hydrated, all practice. I think, in Georgia at least, it might be all around. Like, every, I think, 15 minutes, if it's above a certain degree, like, water break every single time. Yeah. Might even be five minutes. Like, we'll have periods where it's just, we'll do, like, four plays of walkthrough, and then it's water. And right back to it. And just back and forth, back and forth. Like, yeah. And I'm not sure what the causes are. Strength and conditioning coach, that that's who needs to be paying attention the whole time. Yeah, make sure his players are good. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I don't know if they've said like a cause of death. All I know is that he collapsed on the field. Um, Nonetheless, you know whatever happened, um, I think it's just a matter of you know go to the doctor, like make sure that you're checking up on yourself because you you never know. Uh, what's going to happen. So um, rest in peace to, to Bryce Stanfield. My you know thoughts and prayers go out to his family and the whole Furman um, you know, football program and everybody around it. So um, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, talk a little bit of golf. Don't really do this all that often, but I love golf. Um, I've started watching it over the past couple of years. We got the Waste Management Phoenix Open going on this weekend, kind of the unofficial start of the PGA Tour season. You know, it's been going on for a couple of weeks, but nobody really cares until they get to that number 16 hole and they start throwing beers. That's that's what we care about at the Waste Management. Um, we've had a couple they of... They were throwing beers. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Yeah, they were throwing beer. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll, we'll get into uh, the, the alcohol sales suspension uh, in a minute, but let's go through uh, a couple of the guys up at the top of the leaderboard. So, at the moment, Scotty Scheffler's through 11... Uh, in round four, and uh, he's 18 down. He is tied right now in the lead with Nick Taylor, who is three under today through 10. Uh, he's 18 down. And then um, you have a tie for third uh, among three people, Sam Burns, Charlie Hoffman, and um, the leader going into today, Sahith Thagala, who I thought was going to be hot this week, and he started off hot. Um, he shot a 64 in round two and a 65 in round one. He was absolutely killing it, uh, but Nick Taylor also crazy. Round one, shot eleven under, uh, shot a sixty at TPC Phoenix. Like that's uh that's a ridiculous round for Nick Taylor. He tied the uh, record for the best uh, round at TPC Phoenix. Like, uh, or I think maybe Scott is it Scottsdale or Phoenix? Scottsdale. Oh, okay. TPC Scottsdale. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a ridiculous weekend. Um, but honestly, what I noticed this, the field kind of sucks. This is a bad, bad field. Like Scotty Scheffler's great. Sahith Tagal is kind of a rising superstar in the sport. And, um, you know, Adam Scott, a big name, Jordan Spieth kind of up there. He's tied for ninth right now. Cameron Young, pretty good. You know, Matsuyama's somewhere up there, but like with Rom leaving, he played in the live, um, you know. He's playing in the live. No Kepka, no 
DeChambeau, you know, nothing. Tigers not playing these kind of events. Um, you know, Mickelson, you know, just all the names seem to be gone. Um, I don't even think JT played in this tournament. Um, it was interesting. We did have like a couple of notable guys to get that missed the cut. Uh, scroll down to the bottom real quick, uh, or near the bottom, so we can see the cut line. Um, I'm pretty sure Max Homa missed the cut. Um, couple of guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Max Homa missed the cut. JJ Spawn missed the cut. Cameron Champ missed the cut. Uh, scroll down a little bit more. I know there was a couple other guys. Maybe thought. Maybe I was wrong. Gary Woodland missed the cut. Matt Kuchar missed the cut. Yeah, uh, Ricky Fowler missed the cut, of course, as he does. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, it's just a, it's a weak field. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the live, for sure, and also it not being a major. Um, nonetheless, uh, let's see. Another big round uh, of the weekend, Matt Wallace made a ridiculous comeback. Round one, he shot plus three. He shot a 74 round one, and then he shot a 64 and went seven under in round two to make the cut. That was a ridiculous, a ridiculous round for Matt Wallace to come back like that, uh, and then I think he followed it up round three with like a 73. <laughs> so, yeah, he had a weird tournament for sure. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the big story coming out of Phoenix. So, oh, it was wild. Uh, so, the third round on Saturday... Uh, around like one thirty, two o'clock, uh, they decided to suspend alcohol sales, and everybody was freaking out. Uh, they said it was temporary. It wasn't. Uh, they shut it down for the whole day, and um, they were freaking out. Obviously, this, this tournament is known for loud crowds, a lot of alcohol consumption, just crazy moments, and we had 2 p.m., alcohol shut off like shut down apparently people were like getting in because the security stopped checking yeah. and then they were getting in like vip suites and then the people in the vip suites would just give out alcohol to the people trying to get in yeah so what was what was happening so yeah the security just gave up on checking people like checking tickets checking wristbands and such to get into the event so they had thousands and thousands of more people than they anticipated having there and then, like Ethan said, people were getting into these VIP suites because, once again, the security wasn't doing anything. I think most of them are open bar. Yeah, like, that was that was the thing. It was free so they drinks. Could just have unlimited, almost. Yeah, and the bartenders weren't checking anyone. Nothing. So these guys were loading up on alcohol, and it caused so many issues to on the course because, like, people were literally throwing cups of beer, drinks, everything all over the place, um, and you know. You had so many fans that it was causing an issue. There was huge crowds all over the course. And then, like like I said, they stopped selling alcohol. It started another kind of riot. They're chanting that they want beer. Um, and, and, like, once again, it's known for being this, essentially a party. Um, you know, stadium holes, everything. But, yeah, it got a little out of hand. And I, I think this is, a overall, a bad weekend for the PGA. Um no big names, you know, other than Scotty being at the top. You don't have one of your marquee guys up there. Um, this event seems to have been a fucking mess this weekend. 
Um, yeah, it's it is wild uh, what has transpired this weekend. Um, like I and then <laughs> this morning, <laughs> nice somebody doing a shoey. Um, like this weekend, we also like this morning. Um, they had to kind of and like the weather's been horrible this weekend, so a bunch of rounds got pushed. They're playing most of round three and all of round four today. Um, you had uh shoot, who was it? Uh, Zach Johnson like freaking out at fans for yelling and like talking while he was trying to swing, which is etiquette. Like you're not supposed to do that. All golf fans are aware of that. Um, I think uh, Billy Horschel as well got mad at some people while his, one of the guys in his group was hitting. Some guy was talking. He's like, this is our fucking job. He's trying to take a golf shot. <laughs> which Dave Portnoy had a good tweet. I hate when people say golf shot. <laughs> <laughs> he's just shoot it like he's taking a shot. Don't call it a golf shot. We all know it's golf. It's pretty fucking obvious. Um, yeah, I you know we don't know the winner at the moment, but um, it's safe to assume that Scotty is probably just going to win it again for the second year in a row. Um, I would love to see Thigala come back. Don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into stake your claim. I'm going to make some hot takes. I've got a hot take to start it. And then, uh, Ethan, did you come up with one? Okay, so uh, I'll start it here. Um, Let's go. Yeah, all right. The Braves and the Phillies is now a top three rivalry in the MLB. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I've got got a Uh, list. I guess, yeah. So I, I still think Yankees Red Sox is number one. For sure. Now, like now, it just just in general. If, okay. if if I'm looking at the schedule for even just going into yeah, this even season, even when I see it on, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's always gonna it's get Yankees, the biggest. Yeah, it's gonna get the most coverage and everything. Yeah. Okay. I got Dodgers, Padres. Yeah. Or now. Dodgers, Giants. One of the two. I think Dodgers, Padres. Now. Okay. Bigger thing. Dodgers, Giants. All time. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think Dodgers-Padres is a better rivalry than Braves-Phillies. But now, Braves-Phillies is the one. The the playoff matchups, yeah. obviously their division opponents. Like I think because they're both contenders, yeah. and they're going to be both contenders for a while, and it's just always going to be Yeah, good, and I think the, good the environment between the two stadiums yeah, both is electric. Probably two of the best parks for a game. I think so. You know, people talk shit about Truist Park, which is crazy to me. It's amazing there. Yeah. Same Uh, with Citizens Bank Park. True. I don't think anybody's shitting on the bank, but... No. um, I don't think anybody does. I think because they're scared of the Philly fans. Yeah, the problem to me is that, like, the bank is nothing until the postseason. Yeah. Truist is sold out every fucking week. booming during the summer during a day game. Yeah. Yeah, we could have a 1 o'clock start on a Thursday. And it's like it'll be a Sunday travel game, like yeah. a travel day, and like. It's... Well, Sundays you expect, but like, well, like we might have well, a like thir- a Monday night. Yeah, like, Monday night games go insane. Yes. Yeah, Friday Everybody's... night games are awesome. Like Friday night, I think Truist is amazing, and I, I say, you know, I, I am biased for sure. It's the of course the stadium I've been to the most games at. Yeah. And it's my favorite team. But but I think it's a fantastic environment. Yes. Especially when you get into the later part of the year, even come if we so, like, if we come like flinched, August baseball, yeah, it's still great. August is ridiculous, and like it's 
because September is looming. Yeah, and like unlike other states, like school has started in August. Yeah. So like we don't have a lot. Like we have a lot of families that can't go to the games, and it's still selling out yeah. in August. So I think when it comes to environment. When it comes to hatred between the teams, I've never seen Bryce Harper step up to the plate and not get booed in Truist or Turner Field, for that matter. Yeah, he's just always hated, so. <clears throat> yeah. And he's only stayed in the NL East, so. That's true. Hasn't uh, had much opportunity. Yeah. I still think Braves-Mets all-time is more. Braves-Mets all-time, for sure. But I, I think if I'm looking at the schedule right now, I don't care about Braves-Mets. I don't care about Yankees-Mets. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't. Subway Series is nothing. No, like it's, it's not ass. That cool. Maybe after like nine eleven. Yeah, it was all. Right. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, not nine eleven. Nine eleven was not awesome. <laughs> what about the Phillies, they also were affected, and the Nationals. I don't yeah. Care about Subway Series and the Pirates. Yeah, but any Pennsylvania <laughs> team was in the middle of it. Um. Yeah, I. I'm trying to think of other rivalries that even touch. I think Rangers Astros is getting there. It's yeah. Now that the Rangers are actual like yeah good yeah <laughs> they're anything yeah. especially with like the division race this year and then they yeah. play each other in the ALCS. Like I I think it was a it's very a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm will trying to think stay, of will it stay like that? Doubt it. Yeah, I'm trying to think like I don't think the Rangers are Cubs Brewers. Amazing. Is a decent rivalry. Cubs, I think Cubs Cardinals is probably. Yeah. Better. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cubs Cardinals is definitely better. But Cubs Brewers will be interesting with Craig Council being the new manager yeah. of the Cubs. Um, but yeah, I think I think Braves Phillies is now officially a top three rivalry because of playoff history, team history, hatred, like the rivalry between the fans more than anything. Yes. Like I hate the Mets. I really hate Philly fans now. Well, Philly fans are just always insufferable. Yeah, they're no assholes. What. Yeah. They're just always gonna suck. So. Yeah, because they're from Philly. <laughs> yeah, Philly sucks. Yeah. But, all right, do you, do you have a hot take? I mean, it's not, like, terrible. It's probably, like, on par with Collins from just, last week. I just poured water down my face. Yeah, I saw that. Go watch on YouTube. <laughs> I think Michael Harris could be, like, an MVP candidate this year. I think Whoa. he's going to have a breakout year. Like, Whoa. Like, more than... That's hot. That's yeah, a hot take. I think he's... He could probably would the Braves will probably still be in the nine hole even if he had him. <laughs> <laughs> Just knowing how they want to do it. Yeah. Well, no, no. You could bet second. Ozzy Albie sucks according to the MLB. Albie, he doesn't, doesn't exi exist. Okay. You know what's even crazier? What's that? The MLB is putting out their top one hundred list of players. Yeah. Ozzy Albie's is in the sixties. Didn't make the top ten second baseman. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me. That was MLB Networks, not MLB. I don't care. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's the same fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> they have the same writers. <laughs> but, like, how can you say he's not a top 10 second baseman, but he's a top 100 MLB player? I think he's higher than 60. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I'd, I'd put him in, like, the – I okay, put I'd him put in him in the – High 40s? I'd probably put him in the 50s. Yeah. I, I think. Um. Yeah, I just okay. Never mind. Back to what you said. Michael Harris being an MVP candidate is crazy. It. I don't know. I just I'm expecting <laughs> something big out of him. He had a he had a great great uh, rookie season. Yep. One rookie of the year. Yeah. Turned it around big a, last year. Yeah, he had an all right season last year. Nothing. It didn't. It wasn't as good as his rookie season. Yeah, which is common. Sophomore slump. Yeah. Now he's gonna break out his junior year. Junior year. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'd say his third season. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I don't third, hate it. I I think it's it's doable. He can he has hey, the efficiency. He is an MLB player. It's possible. <laughs> All right. All right. But he's a good player. He is. He can for sure. If he can like And you're just saying he's gonna be a candidate. Yeah. So he's gonna be up there. Okay. If he can stay up consistent. Up there works. Honestly, if he's a top twenty, I'd be surprised. Yeah. If I'm he fine if with he's that. a finalist, that's crazy. I'd love that. Top twenty, I'd be surprised, but I'd be happy with it. Because the thing is, is like his teammates out out outshine him. Yeah, Austin Riley will be top twenty. Ronald Acuna will be top twenty. Sure. Matt Olson will be top twenty. Honestly, Spencer Strider might be top twenty in MVP Definitely. voting. Yeah, it's going to be hard to not get overlooked. Yeah, but I feel like I don't know. I just saw Michael Harrison a tweet today, and I was like, I'm expecting a good season. Oh yeah, Money Mike MVP finalist. It'll be interesting yeah. for sure. Uh, well. That's going to straight do out it. of my ass, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm be honest. All right, well, that's going to do it for us. Um, you know, we pre-recorded the beginning, and um, so we don't have Colin here to say goodbye. I'm sure Colin would love to address all of these people, but I'll do it for you. Look, come closer. Closer. Follow. Like. Subscribe, comment, rate five stars, rate five stars, rate five stars, rate five stars. Do it. Ethan? Rate five stars. Thank you. You know what to do, and you know where to do it, and you know how to do it. I'll give you the reminder on YouTube. You can like, you can subscribe, you can comment, you can turn on notifications. Then you can go to the podcast platform, or if you're already on it, listening, hearing me deep into your ears, then once you're done driving or whatever you're doing, biking, do you guys, are you cyclers? I listen to it in class. Same. Work, like, that's what yeah. I do. Okay, well, stop listening to your damn professor or your teacher and rate five stars and follow us on the podcast platform. And then go over to the link tree, follow us on all those social media platforms. They'll, you know, they'll be all over here, uh, wherever, probably at the bottom. But for now, guys, thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. I hope you guys all enjoyed the Super Bowl. I'm so happy that insert team here won. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm not happy that insert team here won. And uh, congrats to insert player here for winning Super Bowl MVP. Call, or, uh, Ethan, thank you for producing. Welcome. And uh, we'll catch you guys later. Peace.